0: Hi and welcome to episode 56 of Talking With Painters, where Australian painters talk about their lives and art. My name's Maria Stolger and my guest today is Jackie Stockdale. She paints, sculpts, collages, creates animations, has staged live performances and produces exquisite portrait photography. When I visited her studio in Melbourne, I was bowled over by a huge horse she'd sculpted, a life-sized far lap in the middle of the studio, piled high with a large collection of masks on its back. Masquerade masks, which she first came upon on a trip to India and kept collecting. Bright, expressive and slightly Creepy. Horses and masks feature again and again in her work And she's always shaking it up a bit Adding a touch of shock value along the way Her photographic artwork Historia of a topless female Ned Kelly Would have raised the eyebrow of one or two historians Over the period she was in Sydney in the late 90s She painted prolifically And won five art prizes in less than two years Winning several art awards since then Including the Moran Contemporary Photographic Award She's had 20 solo shows and has a show coming up at Sydney's Olsen Gallery in November. Her work is held in public institutions, including the National Gallery of Australia, many private collections, and has even been hung in the Louvre in Paris. She's also one of only 20 artists recently commissioned by the National Portrait Gallery to create work for its 20th anniversary. This conversation was recorded before an audience at Town Hall Gallery last month in Melbourne in the midst of a great show brought together by the wonderful artist Alona Nelson through her creative project, This Wild Song. I'll talk a bit more about that show at the end of this episode. Jackie grew up in Melbourne and then Benalla in north-eastern Victoria and we start this conversation with her memories of drawing as a child.
1: We go to Nan's house and we'd sit up on the bench and um, she'd give us the, the pads and the pencils and we all drew all the time.
0: Yeah. And,
1: I, and still it wasn't really until uh, like year 10 or so that I, did, um, I was doing graphic design and I drew uh, a camera and was drawing the perspective of a camera to make it three-dimensional and I thought that was so much fun. And and then so after that we had to choose what we we're gonna do for the rest of our lives and I, I chose nursing. Yeah. And so they put me in I had to go do to do work experience at the hospital. Yeah. Um and then I went twice and both times I um got tonsillitis and I took that as a sign.
0: <laughs> it Wasn't meant to be. Yeah,
1: so so <laughs> then coming on to year twelve, um I I just really was I couldn't believe that you could go to school and study all these art, you know, like different um, subjects in art. And I thought, imagine doing more than one. And then um, my mum looked into the TAFE, which was in the in the next town. Oh yeah. So it would mean I'd have to move. But I went. I must have gone to the open day. and just thought, wow, you do eight subjects. I mean, you had to do English and history, I think, (laughs) as well. But that was so good because there are only eight students, and I was probably the most interested, um, half dropped out. And by the end of the the second, by the first year, like the second year, I had one-on-one teachers, and they were really keen. They were very uh, uh, figurative-focused, so Mm. I, I had... I had the model Marie. I can still draw her now. Every like I went to all the life drawing classes, and we just drew her the whole time for two years. And oh, then we no. they and then my teacher had set up, um, you know, still life, big flowers, and so just lots of nudes and lots of still life. And oh, okay. and I ended up having a very comprehensive portfolio. Um, and you know, plus I was living away from home, um, like working at KFC, and. And life was pretty free. So were you painting at that point? Yeah, I was painting. I was doing everything. So So I did ceramics. I did big oil paintings. See, the oil paintings were what got me into VCA. And my grandfather, so Pa drove to Wangaratta, picked up the paintings, put them on his blue Holden Mm -hmm. and on the top on the roof racks and took them to VCA. So then after that, I wanted to get into VCA. So I took them to VCA. That's when you didn't have all your your work it wasn't digital. You had yeah, to take yeah. it physically. Maybe you still do. I'm not sure. Anyway, so he took it. So we took it there. These big paintings and. And I got into VCA, and he thought it was because of him, which is great. <laughs> he was very supportive.
0: But was it was it hard to get in? Like, was that a bit of a pipe dream, or was it reasonably easy to get in?
1: I'll say it was extremely difficult to get in, <laughs> because I applied to all the other schools successfully, uh, like um, RMIT. I just had such a... I think for my age, I had a very big portfolio, mm. and it was very passionate, but... I remember. See, I was like this—you know, this um, kid from the country. So, the idea of going to the VCA, and then it was—it was part of the National Gallery School. So, I imagine going there when you're that young and going into the National Gallery, and behind it is this art school. Mm. And when I got the, um, the letter of acceptance, I got it, we lived, because it's a big property, so I went to the letterbox and, and opened it there, and right from there I screamed, uh, I think Mum heard me, <laughs> and I ran down with this letter of acceptance oh. and I got in, and, you know, I think, like, both parents I, th- I think, it, yeah, they they were very uh, supportive because yeah, I, I yeah. just know, um, you know, I teach art now and I, I teach a lot of people who um, never had that opportunity and and th- and they can wait forty years. Mm, so there was mm. never a question that. Um, It wasn't something... It was a poor career choice. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I I remember when I interviewed Lewis Miller, he was saying it was an elite group because it wasn't... There aren't many people that get selected for the VCA, from what I understand. The No, no, no. Yeah, it's it's small. And
1: I, and I was so... I felt so privileged, and I used that privilege well, I think. I went... I couldn't believe that some of... My fellow you know, colleagues were not there at 9 o'clock in the morning, you know, mm-hmm. like why, how could you waste it? So I, I really absorbed every minute of it and every teacher like Lewis, he was really into figurative um, drawing. So he taught me a lot about drawing. I went to all the classes. By the end of it, at the thir- third year, um, I was almost running them.
0: Now, I want to take you to Tasmania because that's the next step. Sure. And it's very interesting. I found this, you know, um, step interesting because you went there to do video art after you got your um, degree at VCA and it sounds like that life you were living then there in Tasmania was just idyllic and quite exciting. Can you tell me a bit about it? Yes. Well, it was a
1: a situation that there were many to follow after this um, where a friend said, um, come and stay for a while. You know, um, and my friend Tom had this um, great setup in in Hobart, and so I went there. It was the first trip on an aeroplane or a boat or something. It was anyway. It was memorable. <laughs> um, and so I I ended up. Yeah, I just thought I'd go for a, like. I had nothing really. I had no. Um, responsibilities to do you could do anything so um, I went there and ended up staying seven years
0: and weren't you didn't you sort of meet a lot of
1: musicians I hung out with the musos like we self-entertained and you know we just had really good parties and it was very cliche bohemian I have to say yeah Uh, and we'd have you know big dinner parties with lots of artists people playing music some people doing life drawing and I remember one big casserole of roadkill uh well yeah that but that was cool you know because we're it was like you're also hanging out like you know and it's like anything you got for free or you know you just like now it's hipster but then I think it was even cooler yeah Um, right you know so
0: um didn't you get involved in cabaret as well yeah so
1: we so we were entertained and so I was meeting these people who could sing and um and teach me uh how to play music because I love singing um I, love, I just love staying up all night and there were lots of open fires where mm. people played the piano and, and sang. And so mm. I was in the Cutthroats, which is a, a choir of like a barbershop quartet for girls and then we started performing. It's like that life of what if, you know, so what if my friend and I, who I went to painting with at VCA, she 'd moved over, so what if we started up a, a duo called the Gaiety Girls and we dressed in like identically and we the first gig we got was at the uh, the tulip festival where we dressed as Dutch, as Dutch beauties and walked out to the sound of a soundtrack of tiptoe through the tulips, but she <laughs> was uh, on my shoulders and I was <laughs> hidden, hidden under the dress and then the, the sound, the soundtrack was then of her waters, my, her waters breaking and, and I fell forward and as I fell she rolled and there were two of us. And Wait a
0: second, what's the sound of her water
1: breaking? It was just mean? the sound of water but she acted as though her waters were breaking and she gave birth to a twin. Oh, I see. So she gave birth to you? (gasps) To me. So there's two of us, and we're both twins in real life. How did that go down?
0: What did people think? It
1: went down a lot better on um, red faces. (laughs) (laughs)
0: right well for overseas listeners well and for the younger generation red faces is from hey hey it's saturday which was a was like a variety show very funny so you went on that so yeah red faces was like when people would go on the show and they would do an act and then they'd get gonged if it was really bad
1: yeah and we were gonged all right oh okay so that and then we just did lots of other stuff like we did um, we started up a cabaret for the fringe festival Um, Mm. we did live drawing drawing acts where um, called artistic surgery where we're dressed as nurses and people would come and have their portraits drawn like and then and then the the artworks would be pinned up hanging like like x-rays and then we'd give them to them you know so just little events you didn't it wasn't a funded thing you know it was
0: like happening, just, we just did it all the yeah. time, and then and just grew and grew. Um, yeah. But that also Hobart must have been a pretty small town back then. So were you like known? Like, were you a bit of personalities? I didn't realize.
1: I don't. I, I I didn't think that we were. But people tell me I'm learning more and more <laughs> about it uh, about what we were like because yeah, you're just in yeah, it. Yeah, um, yeah. But people go, oh, like we were. I think we we're a bit of a force to be reckoned with you know like I'd wear a cowgirl hat and I was so sick of seeing all the same like I just wanted to go to my studio and it was such a small place so I just pull it forward and walked down Salamanca to the studio (laughs) so I wouldn't have to say hello to you know too many people because it was such a small place so I think after seven years we ended up um outdoing the audience yeah (laughs)
0: that's right well you know you're talking about costumes and hats and things like that and and I and of course the masks are something that appear in your work and have appeared in your work for many years now and I think it sort of started back then, is that right? It started after a trip to
1: India and um, I felt like I was walking through um, a piece of heaven when I was in New Delhi and I turned the corner and looked down this street and the street was filled with costumes of every deity so you could get Mm. a Hunuman costume. You could get a Carly costume, mm. you know, and and they were very cheap. I could afford it all. It was wealthy, you know, really in in in, in, um, in relation to everybody else. Then, so I just bought all. And they were paper mache, were very light. Mm. And so, and what
0: were they like? Like, so what sort of
1: so style? they were just like paper mache mask of Carly. So a black mask with a tongue poking out or you know the monkey or Ganesha or Vishnu or a lot of the devils and um, it was so yeah, it's yeah. so magical you
0: yeah, know? yeah and and
1: so I went I went and brought back all these costumes for the gaiety girls right but when we got back when I got back my friend wasn't interested in, it, in anymore so maybe in the like I was doing these really big paintings and they had big like uh big landscapes in the background they were portraits and I remember getting people to wear the masks and then I go oh that looks so beautiful you're like imagine if I photographed you in front of the painting so but I didn't really do it seriously for an 15 years later.
0: Mm. I, but I pl- that seed was planted then. Oh, okay, that's really interesting. Well, we'll get to that again later when we start talking about your more recent shows. And I also want to talk about your painting with the mask as well. But I want to get back onto what you did after Tasmania. And I think you went to Sydney for a few years after that. And I understand that was a really prolific time for you painting the figure and portraits of that at that time. Yes. So what was that like? Was it? Were you getting a lot of models? Were friends modelling for the, you? The models, the
1: models started from the, the moment really that I land in Tasmania and they didn't stop until the moment I left Sydney. So that's a decade.
0: So what sort of artists were you interested in back then when you were painting? Um,
1: I was interested in Hugh Ramsey, um, I was interested in John Singer Sargent, um, I was interested in Nora Heysen and So very realist. Diego yep. Velazquez. Oh, realist but economical mark making mm. like that's what that that's what's hard to learn i think being i think photorealism is easier than than creating illusion with less marks and in order to do that you you sort of need a lot of training and and when i didn't have the training i couldn't find the training so that will come you know later you know how I got this an award that allowed me to go and do some training and to me training is looking at the masters and so mm-hmm. I had lots of books and I'd also mm-hmm. do this other funny thing where I'd get a painting and like of um say Caravaggio or Velázquez and and I'd use the composition it's not funny we all do it I'd use the composition mm-hmm. use mm-hmm. the lighting
0: yep.
1: so so when I so when I went to Sydney I had I was. I kept doing the same thing, but I come. I just come back from India, so I was really. I did a really beautiful big portrait of me on a horse that I loved, and I was able to paint. And I used a, I, I, When I turned twenty-eight, I had this plan: to every birthday, I'd be on a white horse. It lasted about three years. The, the, the third year I had to be on a merry-go-round because I couldn't find a real horse, but it was white in
0: Spain. So, oh, so what, you'd just go and find one? Yeah, and someone yeah. would take a
1: photograph. Okay. But I used to have these dreams of falling off white horses, and so I wanted to conquer the dream. So I ended up being in Rajasthan galloping on a white Arabian stallion.
0: You were recognised with a number of awards, uh, you know, between 97 and 98, more or less. You, I think you, had, you got awarded five art prizes. Mm. Um, how did you feel that that affected your practice? Oh, it's good. And you need it because it's so tough.
1: Mm. Like, it just balances things out. And, and I think people get drop-off from the wayside if you don't get stuff like, if you don't get recognition, it's like singing to yourself in the shower. Yeah. you know like you're telling yeah. these stories and no one's looking and it, you put all your you put so much into it and and it's good to get recognition like that like mm. it, it
0: really really helps mm. well it's interesting though because you know you must have been pretty hot in Sydney at that time but it you more or less shoot it off to Darwin which was which I want to talk a bit about because it sounds like it was a pivotal time for you in your career mm. and your way of your thinking about your art. What caused you to go to Darwin? Adventure. Um,
1: like the idea of going to Darwin with my friend Tom, um, who's we've done so much adventuring together. To go to Darwin, it seems so exotic to have a job um, there, like a part-time job teaching in the prison, teaching art in the prison, how could you say no? And it was really, I didn't think I'd leave permanently, so, oh, I've got this job for six weeks, do you want to come?
0: Um, and I said yes. Oh, so it wasn't, you didn't intend to stay there? No. Right. And what was that job like? So what were you actually doing? You are an arts officer, I understand, in the prison. Yeah, I was the art, yeah,
1: and there was a very good um, education program in Berrima prison and um uh, though the people running it were very passionate about um the indigenous population that were there so that was diff that's that that hasn't always been like that so they there was a lot of funding um and a lot of encouragement of of rehabilitation through art mm-hmm. I just could do anything but I was looking at what they wanted to do and it was often making cards for their loved ones mm. um, so I did printmaking, and and then they and then I had this great you know opportunity to bring people in so I was bringing in weavers like mm. elders and I was bringing in musicians to 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 do uh and a friend of mine Svetlana Bunik came in and spent a week doing a song a whole song making workshop with guitar and taught them and we recorded all these songs at the end of it and they were making up their own songs so it was like an art school you know just really it moved Mm. from I didn't really want to put the label of rehabilitation onto art I just wanted to be art for art's sake and know that like I believe that that was all embedded in art anyway and um, but luckily I had such good uh, people above me who were just very supportive so Mm, um, mm. it just was very successful for Mm. for those years I think very special.
0: You then went back to Melbourne I understand so I wanted to get on to talking more about the paintings that you've been doing which involve the masks because we're we're sitting here um, behind us is an example of one yeah. of your fantastic oil paintings. I think this is from 2010 and it's called Mind Over Matter. Yes. And it's um, a beautiful work on linen, an oil on linen, and it's this pile of masks um, in like a, a pyramid shape, yes. more or less. Um, and they're just basically one on top of it, jumbled up on top of each other. It looks like, you know, if you push one, they'd all just fall down. Yes. Um, what I'm interested in with the mask is what you're attracted to about it. Like, what is it when you see them that you that appeals to you? Yes, to paint. Yeah, uh, it's
1: funny because some articles have been written about me, and it's like
0: behind
1: the mask, <laughs> you know, and disguise, and what you're trying to cover up. But if you put a mask on someone watch them reveal stuff that they never knew about you know it's the transformation it's magic realism Um, it's that other beautiful world that we don't experience all the time and it's a connection also in history to ritual Which is very important for a lot of cultures, and which we don't necessarily have as you know at all, except for Halloween.
0: Mm. Um,
1: It's 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 theatre. Yeah. Um, It's funny. It's rude.
0: Yeah. So it's it Mm. really so it's the idea that appeals to you is more that when you put put it on, how it changes your character. Yeah. When
1: you put it on, but also I just really love looking at them. Okay, even if they're not. I I like looking at them as. objects to me they're like talisman like they're Mm. they have an energy the good ones and they're only good because I'm imposing you know I'm like projecting my love and my imagination onto them yeah but um they well they're sort of well they're inanimate but yeah they're
0: animate as well yeah
1: yeah like yeah they are and when I paint them and they, they, they. To me, they're like a personality, and it's like I'm painting a
0: portrait. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. Well, that it's interesting that you've got um, in your studio on top of the horse, the huge horse that you've made. Uh, you've got a huge pile, a uh, similar to in this painting, yeah. but like five times as big as that. Yeah, huge pile of of masks. Is that just a collection from over the years, is that what... Yeah,
1: I needed to do something. I was having a hard time, as one does every now and then in life, and my heart was really aching and I needed to put... I needed to do something really big, Um, and so I just got all my masks and put them in the middle of the... You know, you sort of want to break something, but I made it instead. So... I got all the masks and put them in the middle of the room and, like, straight away you go, oh, that's so beautiful. So you're not thinking about your problems. So – and then I thought, no, it's not big enough and I brought – so then I carried the horse inside. I don't know. I just wanted to make a really big – something bigger than me. Mm. Something bigger – than what I'd done before and more powerful. Yes. And it was really made for, that, for the Ghost Huvana series because I, didn't, I couldn't be bothered, you know, and it's too
0: difficult to take your models back and forth to the stables. Mm. Oh, let me just explain what Ghost Huvana is. It's the, your most recent solo show at This Is No Fantasy. Yes. And it's a series of eight large photographs, uh, of photographic portraits, including a number of them with live horses in them. They were very live. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, if we're going to go on to this topic, I just want to explain exactly what these portraits are like um, because so that the listener can get an idea. They're, they're portraits where the backdrop is a hand-painted landscape. Can you tell me a bit about that? Sure, because the backdrop is like it is the backdrop to
1: my work. So each time I do choose... A place that I've been to, that I go to, to in search. So for the last, the Ned Kelly series, the boho, I went to Stringybark Creek. That was oh, right. in winter, and I is
0: that sh- where the final shootout with the police yeah. was? Yeah, right. And
1: it's actually on my birthday.
0: Oh. Yeah.
1: Wow. <laughs> that was so, on the on
0: the on the tacky stone it's like oh i'm connected so, oh, so actually let me just say the boho series arises out of it's a similar thing where it's a photographic portraits and it's in relation to ned kelly yeah
1: that's why i said yeah so yep. ned kelly so okay so done ned kelly done stringy bark creek all of that and all of those so all of those yeah so all the portraits and even the ones that i did for the quiet wild you know they were in tassie and um at the botanical gardens here in melbourne so i went to all those places took the photographs Smelt the air and made the paintings uh, the big backdrop paintings. The two first portraits for this series ghost huvana, Huv, Huvana, nirvana savvanna um, uh, were about duality and I, where I used a white a, a light horse and and figure with dark horse and figure in this whole
0: yin yang way but the so that was a diptych yeah but yeah yep. physically
1: they mirror one another
0: yep so yeah so you've got a, a, a well a, it's sort of a child a child in the white one is, is she a child she's 14 oh she's 14 okay so you've got the white horse and the and and the young woman looking out into the to the camera straight at the camera yeah and actually we I better point out the costumes of these people because um they're pretty amazing, they're, 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 it's hard to define it really. I can define it. Oh, could you? Great, because I was trying to figure out how on earth I was, was going to No, because it. I
1: had to have them, I needed help making them, so I worked with this um, Bryn uh, Meredith, who's a costume designer, and I said I want a co- two costumes. One dark, one light. They've got to be like Mexican wrestling costumes, but in um, the uh, colonial Australian, Victorian, Adelaide. So <laughs> that's it. It's like, yeah, great. And so that's yeah. what they are. So there's puffy. Okay, right. so there's, but the masks, um, the masquerade, I mean, it's sort of obvious to me, but that all comes from the horse, the whole race, horse racing industry, the whole, you know, all the, all the, the get up that horses wear. That's where I got the idea. Like horses are wearing um, luchadora masks. They've been doing it forever.
0: Oh, you mean the, the, what the horse was wearing? You know, wearing, the, I, yeah, yeah. So you see the horse all the masks. That mask horse, well. To me,
1: they're masks. Like to me, the horse is doing cabaret all the time, but it's keeping warm <laughs> in the paddock in winter.
0: Also, well, actually, also you use symbolism a lot in in those works and mm. the photos, and in that Ke- in that Ned Kelly series, the boho. Mm. There was that beautiful, beautiful work. Of Paul Kelly, mm. where you've got Paul Kelly standing there with that beautiful hand painted backdrop, and he's clutching a, um, a sash, yes. a green sash. Can you tell me a bit about that, and how did you get Paul Kelly to be in that? In that.
1: So how I got <laughs> Paul Kelly was um, a friend of his. Um, I, I just had an idea, and I, I said, "What if I, what if I ask Paul Kelly to be Kelly?"
0: I know that's hilarious. Oh, actually, can I just say, Paul Kelly is a famous Australian singer-songwriter yes. for people who aren't from Australia.
1: Beautiful singer. And he, he um, like, he didn't say yes straight away. I had to tell him the story of it. But he was, he's very familiar with the story of Ned Kelly. Yeah, yeah. And he's, and he's like, have you, re- have you heard this song and this song and The Drover's Wife, I think, and mm. a few others. And he was, um, and, and I told him the idea with the sash, and he, he was really into it. So what is this? What is the
0: significance the sash of the sash? Is one of
1: the only things that Ned Kelly um, feels, I think, feels proud about. Well, um, he was he saved a boy from drowning when he was fourteen, and he was at school um, and had no shoes at that time. And there was a knock on the door, and the father of the boy who his life he saved brought this, uh, like a you know. a... a a, a sash that was like a um
0: Commerbun. a gift
1: yeah. yeah it was like a cummerbund and so that was a silk sash and so Kelly wore it um for the years after and he wore it during that famous shootout and so it has his blood on it oh, okay. and so to me it's like to Australia it's a sh- it's a shroud of Christ and that far lap yeah. you know yeah. so well it's not a shroud but
0: you well, Ned Kelly so is sort of like a Robin Hood type it figure is these days, It is very much. And
1: so yeah. I tried to get hold of it, oh. the sash. Where is it? Where is it? It's, it's at Vanilla Art. Uh, it's, it's opposite the Banella Art Gallery at the um, Banella um, Historical S- Centre, Society. So I went to them, mm. and because I grew up there, I sort of had a few contacts, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and, and I said, I want the sash did they give it to you? And they and I said, because and they go why? And I said, well, blah 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 and blah 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 blah. And I'm an artist and Paul Kelly. I'm like, oh, who's Paul Kelly? No. <laughs> I said, and the, anyway, I kept hounding them, and I said that I said I'm going to fly him here in a helicopter. You know when you can't get something you want it even more? It's like I want the sash. <laughs> <laughs> and, and at that time, I'd been asked to well, just before that series. Uh, I was—I knew I'd be part of the Adelaide Biennale for Magic Object. So how more magic object can you get than that? Oh yeah. So um, they wouldn't let me have it because it had his blood on it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so I got the plans of the—we um, want to break in. But we didn't. So oh.
0: I was going to get a scoop then.
1: So um, I even had like Briany Namy, the curator at the uh, the director of the art gallery, to like give Jackie the sash, you know. <laughs> and nothing. We couldn't budge. And when they didn't know who Paul Kelly was, I thought <clears throat> I rang up Rose Chong. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to give it away, but she made it for. Me. She made the most. Don't tell anyone else this, but she made, <laughs> I gave up. She made, she goes, show me. a. So I was like, Rose, I really want this sash. Show me a picture of the sash. Mm-hmm. Half an hour later, she presented the most beautiful replica sash. She knew by that, she knew the age of the, you know, the tassels, etc. Oh, she God. had some old stuff there she got. She said, go and make this old And so the next, so that night I got my son to spit on it and drive over it. And I also put it in bleach and just before it fell apart, I've rinsed it. And the next day for the shoot, I put Kelly's blood
0: on it. What Kelly's, as in Paul Paul Kelly's? It's got Paul's blood on it. How did you get his blood? Should I, I mean, you can tell me, no. (laughs)
1: it's got my blood on it and a few other people who were in the room at that time. So that, what was that
0: shoe like? What was that shoe like?
1: First of all, he looked funny in what I asked him to wear because um, it was boxing, boxing gear. So I had to change that. Like, you just never know. Like, you dress him up. They have all these ideas and he had to wear, you know, wear. And then and it, there's, only one, there's only two photographs of Ned Kelly. Did you know? No, I didn't actually. So one is the one on the, the wanted poster and the other one is of him boxing. So it was a like a, you know, like a homage to that that photograph. And I got the, all the costume. And, like, and then you go to Rose Chong and you go, can I have this please? And she'll go, oh, that room, that box. There. So she knew the proper long johns. I think I had the pants made, the proper, was he wearing a top?
0: Yes. I had think a it's a white top from memory.
1: Yeah. So yeah. that, no, it was one of those, yeah, an undershirt. Oh, yeah. And then I got him to hold the cloth. So that was the magic object. But... It was beautiful.
0: Yeah. yeah, it was like a it was like a profile. He was sort of side onto the camera, and it was like he was holding it like a like a flower almost. Yeah, in his hands, like something precious. Yes, and he was in a like a deep meditative sort of pose. You know, yeah, it was it was a great paint, a great thank you photograph. Yeah, um, actually, one of the quotes that I've got here um, about those works, or generally about those types of works where you're doing the photographic portraits, is that they rarely end up what I first imagined. Is, it, is that right? Is that, um... Did I say that? Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. Won't um, worry. Yes. I'll let it that bit out. No, no, that's okay. Because you know what? The truth is, whenever you make a work of art, it's never what you first imagined anyway. I mean, if you start a painting, it's never... I mean, if you are imagining something at the beginning, it's never really going to end up like what you thought. Yeah, you, you have to think that it is, yeah, <laughs> would you have an idea? So, with those photographs, would you have an idea of in your mind exactly how you want it to? You work? have to.
1: If if you're working with people, you have to. The it, it's shoots the shoots are short. Mm. You, you have to. You, I mean, then okay, okay. This brings me to the one after Paul Kelly. So I knew what I was going to do with him, and it pretty much it's pretty good, pretty close, um, and. But then the one after that happened when he was getting changed and then Sean was in the room with us and uh, she started mucking around with my props and taking off a top and putting on a petticoat and picking up a gun and standing in front front of the (laughs) posing in front of the backdrop. Oh, look at me. Everyone loved it. Paul's loving it. Everyone is. So... I'm like, whoa! Hang on, stay there. Camera up. Get all the gear back. Get the lights. Move the gun there. Do this. Do that. Tweak it. Mm, mm, mm. Click. Historia. That's uh, yeah. Right. That's a, that's my version of Ned Kelly. Historia. It's a really nice shot. Is that the one uh, with the? the
0: tattoo of the gun on her no. leg no
1: uh she's it's she's in a, she's got the ned kelly helmet on oh, and i got that yes. from rose chong if you ever have a party hire it from there because product placement because it's a really good uh replica it's made of made of foam but it looks like metal oh it does yeah it's amazing so she's in that beautiful shot sexy like all yeah. oh, ticks all well, the she's boxes topless, isn't she yeah yeah
0: yeah and that's not how you had
1: no, planned it. No, I didn't it. want to. I didn't want to. I wanted to, but I had no plan to do that mm. at, at all. There's usually one yeah, it's a that great I don't shot, plan. Actually.
0: Yeah. Well, that. I mean, in a way, that that Ned Kelly helmet. Um, that sort of in ties in with the whole mask thing that year. It is. It is a mask. Yeah. It's a masquerade. Yeah. Um, and that shape is so, so powerful. It is I'm, so powerful. I mean, isn't that what amazing? Is it? I mean, well, I mean, it's so iconic in Australian art, like with it it Sydney and everything. But. It is. It's an amazing thing that's endured for so long. Yeah, that's why I
1: couldn't have a guy in it. I think it's too cliche. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. And I
1: also love all the chicks related to the story. Like I love Kate Kelly. The stories. I love the stories of Er, uh, his mother. Is was such a good horse rider. Oh right. They had to ride everywhere. They had to be good. Yeah. So I'd love, you know, I'd love all the stories. So mm. she was like homage to them.
0: Mm. Mm. Well, and also in that, in the one, the man of Queen, you've also got you uh, looking into those stories about the cross-dressing of the Kelly Gang. There's some reports that they. were. Yeah, and I
1: tried getting those stories around Glenn Rowan, and and everyone was denying them. I had to read I had to read Peter Carey's True Story of the Kelly Gang to get that. But what do you mean, Glen
0: Rowan? As in the, Glen- all
1: the, yeah, all those people that run the the tourist Glen Rowan tourist places. Oh yeah, I'm like I'm doing research for blah blah blah. So, do you know anything about the Kelly gang in dresses? Oh, I don't think that right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, if you're in the tourist industry, you probably. Although you think that would have made a bit more. You think they would have bought the work? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Well, the whole Ned Kelly story. I mean, for those people who don't know about Ned Kelly who might be listening from overseas, go to Wikipedia. It is one of the most amazing stories. And he was just such a strong character and the derildery letter and yes. all that sort of thing. And anyway, yeah, so. I did
1: watch a lot of films around that time. Do you know, I watched everything of Ned Kelly. Yeah, and yeah. and I, I think too, I think every, and I didn't mean to become obsessed. I didn't mean to do a whole show on it. I was oh, going to do, you? no, I
0: was going to do one. And do you do any more, do you portraiture anymore, or did you sort of overdo it in the 90s? No, I've never, I haven't overdone it. Um, it's just sitting there
1: waiting. But I did a, yeah, uh, the other day I did a nice portrait of a friend. I, you know, I just find I can't get that. I need, I need to know if I'm going to do a portrait, it's such a serious rigorous thing for me to do that I need time and if I' if I know that someone can only sit for half an hour I'm, I'm not even going to bother mm. so I did a self-portrait last year that was part of the Rickamore portrait prize um, of me wearing glasses and uh, I have big plans for the future but yeah, i oh,
0: say so you're interested in doing portrait, but you just want. I want. It, yeah, yeah, I've got this yet. big vision.
1: It's probably so big that's why I've put it up for so long. <laughs> and but the thing is, I've been all consumed by this the you know these photo projects. But I'm exhausted by them at the you know now. Mm, so mm. I, I I don't want to. They just it's too much for me at the moment. Like they just take so much so much organising. And with the paintings, you just go to your studio, you pick up the brush and you paint. Mm. And so I'm finding, but it's, I haven't been able to do that for probably a decade. I don't know why. I think, cause I'm just
0: doing the other stuff, so. Mm. Yeah, I was gonna ask you, cause it is very different it's, process. Yeah, it's a
1: different thing, but yeah. this is, but now because I don't, like usually as soon as I finish one photo series, I'm on to the next, but I, I'm putting it, my brushes down ah no the camera lens so and picking up the brushes so um it's Mm. just been it's just like hi mum I'm home you know in the Mm. studio it's so Mm. nice Mm. and would you do would you
0: do commissions again do you think I've just done one it's a secret though (laughs) but I can tell you who it's for but not of okay am I allowed to yes by the
1: time i'm allowed to so it's the national portrait gallery have commissioned 20 artists um, to celebrate the 20th year anniversary and they have they have asked me to make um, a portrait of a famous australian and i've just done that and it's all finished it's taken a year and i've been visiting him in him in tasmania and that's the only hint (laughs) so
0: did you choose the person no they cho- oh yeah. they chose them. How exciting! I can't wait to see it. And when is it going to be? Uh, can I give you two other
1: hints? Yeah, yeah. So
0: um,
1: it's it's one of the most biggest famous men in the country, and I've done one of the smallest paintings.
0: Okay, all right. That's food for thought. How big's the painting?
1: It's like an A four. Oh. Right. Except except here we go. Except the portrait
0: of him is even smaller because. He's standing under a huge tree. Okay, so if it's an A4 painting and there's a tree in it and he's a full and it's a full length yeah. figure. I can imagine it's very small head for example. So it's quite must be quite mm. um, must have been quite hard to do because are you are you used to doing very small painting like small figures in that that size? No,
1: not really. I mean, I'm used to doing very fine detail. I've got quite a steady hand. Mm. But I, I did you've it, got so
0: much experience.
1: Yeah, but I did it. Oh, it's hard, though. Like, like putting the dot for his nostril in, if you get that in the wrong place, it yeah, looks terrible. Yeah. You
0: know. yeah. <laughs> well, and also the eyes. The eyes. If you don't get the eyes exactly right, it looks really odd.
1: Yeah, I just, could, I just stopped breathing for that time. Did yeah. you? No, I did. You
0: can't breathe.
1: You have to take in a breath, do the dot, and then
0: breathe. Oh, and so when is that going to be um, uh, October the 18th. Oh, okay, great. Oh, how exciting. Oh, I mm. can't wait to see it. Mm. Um, so you're one of 20 that have yes. been approached. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. That's great. Um, okay, now, one thing I do like asking my guests is, is about their studio work and how they, you know, everybody has the way that they get into the zone of painting and spark the creativity do you have any tricks or does there have to be certain conditions for you in the studio for that to occur
1: um I do like being by myself and I don't really listen I do listen to talking with painters actually (laughs) I listen to Eckhart Tolle on the power of now I love him Um, it's an
0: audio book yeah yeah Yeah. just I
1: listen to audio stuff but not really I actually just like nothing nothing Mm
0: -hmm. I don't like
1: I just, it's so entertaining enough. Is that the word?
0: It's, <laughs> well, you get absorbed. Yeah, in it is. Totally like, I, it takes
1: a lot of concentration, you know. I, mm. I just like going there and, the, and maybe put the heater on, like, just make sure I'm comfortable. And, yeah, I don't
0: really need much. Mm. And what are you going to do with the model of the horse that you made that's sitting in your studio?
1: I have this plan to burn it. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm taking it to Mona for MoFo. Unbeknownst to them, and what's, what's Mofo? It's it. the festival that happens at the middle of the, in, during the solstice. But I just okay. Here's the vision, because you're all a part of it. So I'm going to spend this from now until then making as many pictures of it as I can, so documenting it, like doing paintings, etc. Of every mask and all the angles, etc. And, and this big self-portrait. Then I want to I want to call it the gift and Take it on because it fits in on my car. Take it to Tassie on the boat. Oh, you mean the whole boat? The whole the horse the whole comes. Horse yeah, three fits comes apart and three, well, the horse lies like this yeah. sideways, and then the head the head comes off and the masks and sit in the back seat. As long as they put their seat belts on, <laughs> and then and then take it to, to Tassie, and put it in this place. Oh, imagine it on a barge in the water. Anyway, so and then with all that, my whole collection. So I'm not keeping any, the whole collection of 25 masks, 25 years, but more than that. Yeah, there's uh, like a
0: hundred masks. Yeah, I want
1: people to, right in the horse's mouth, I want them to put um, a prayer or a gift to themselves or, or something in the mouth. And then when it's set alight, I want the fireworks to come out its ass and
0: go up in flames. And is that what you just, is it like a catharsis in a way for you? Yes, but I'll only do it if, I'll
1: only let them accept me to do it <laughs> if people are involved. I, I want all of us, I want I want it to go up with every, you know, with everyone's, uh, it's, like a, 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 it's like a cleansing.
0: Yeah, isn't right. I, oh, that would be so wouldn't exciting. Wouldn't it be beautiful? Well, it Imagine would be all beautiful. those heads. Yeah, well, if that comes to fruition yes i'm gonna be there please (laughs) yes (laughs) jackie thank you so much for this interview it's been so much fun and thank you to everybody who's come today it's been wonderful having an audience thanks maria you enjoyed this episode with jackie stockdale go to the website for details of upcoming shows and you can see a short video of jackie in her studio on the talking with painters youtube channel and on social media as soon as i've edited it which will be a few days after this episode goes online as I was saying at the beginning of this episode, the exhibition showing at Town Hall Gallery in Melbourne where this was recorded is called This Wild Song, which is also the name of the creative project which Alona Nelson initiated. It includes Jackie's work and many other leading female artists and it's on until 21 October and I highly recommend you go and see it if you get a chance. The work of each artist is accompanied by a striking photograph of each artist by Alona. She's in fact photographed over 100 leading female. Female artists and she's been doing great work in promoting artists through exhibitions through interviews and her own arts podcast and you can find out all about her work at thiswildsong.com.au thanks for listening and I hope you can join me for the next episode of Talking with Painters Yeah, so the jumble came
1: from moving house. When I had all my, um, you know, my masks and I put them in a jumble and I'm like, that's beautiful. It is the human, it's every human, but it's the mix with animal as well. It's a mix with the devil. Um, It's a mix with the child. It's mixed with different skin, um, cultural orientation and and all Mm. of that. Mm. Strange genders. And so it's a pile of us. Thank you.